Okay. We're, we're uh, going to learn something about the Pasha of Tavarim. The Pasha of Tavarim is the first Pasha in the Book of Tavarim. And everybody knows that the Book of Tavarim is different. The Rishonim have already mentioned it extensively and discussed it. And if you're interested, you can look at the Ramban. Look at the Ramban and his Hakdama to the Torah, which is in Gracious. Right where the Ramban discusses the Book of Devarim as well. The Abarbanel discusses the Book of Devarim. The Book of Devarim is a topic. It's in uh, the Drosh's Haran. I don't remember which Drosha, but you can find it. The problem with the Book of Devarim is clearly stated in the first puzzle. And that Pasuk reads, you see on the sheet, you have the first, uh, you have the first 23 Pesukim, Eila Hadvarim, Asher Diver Moshe El Kol Yisrael Be'eva HaYardein. Eva HaYardein is the place that the Israel were before they entered into Eretz Canaan. Somehow uh, east of the Jordan, but sort of on the same plane as Yericho. That's where they were. Now this Pasuk says, El Hadvarim Asher Diver Moshe El B'nei Yisrael. Indicating that this is Moshe Rabbeinu's seed. It's not HaKadosh Baruch who's speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a, it's a scene that is devised by and engineered by Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's the problem. That's the problem. This is, is this the same Torah as the other books of the Torah? Where it's always Hashem speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu and directing him to speak to B'nai Yisrael. Is this the same? Is it different? And you know that there are two... two uh, there's a, there's a parasha that comes to mind which also implies a certain difficulty in understanding what the Torah part of it is, and that's the parasha. We call it Bullock, but it's really about Bilam. All the talking that Bilam did that got into the Torah... I mean, how would we classify it? What sort of Torah is it? Is it the same as the Torah that didn't get into... Uh, the same as the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu said? Is it Moshe Rabbeinu's Torah? So all of these positions are clearly uh, uh, discussed and um, analyzed by the Rishon. So that's the problem with the entire book of Devorim. How is Devorim... How is Devorim like the rest of the Torah? And how is it different than the rest of the term? But here, in the first part of the book of Devarim, there's a special problem. There's a problem within a problem, and it's the special problem that we want to deal with today. The book of Devarim says, now, did Moshe Rabbeinu say anything yet? Nothing. Right? Nothing. Second puzzle. Second puzzle. Did Moshe Rabbeinu say anything? No, not a thing. Okay. Did Moshe Rabbeinu say anything? What? No. Right? Still, still nothing is said. What? Kasher tzivah Hashem also. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know. We don't know what the content is. Whatever the content is. Acharei hakosor tzichom melcha moreh shem shevet hashbon vet old melcha b'shan asher yishem ba'ashtarot ve'adrei. So we have still no content. Right? Where was it? And when was it? That's what the Torah is telling us. Where was it that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke and when was it that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke? Next pasuk. Acharei pasuk eight. Be'evay adim be'eshma v'oil Moshe be'er satora azos leimor. Leimor. What does leimor mean? Uh, this is it. This is the quote. Right. This is the quote. So this is Moshe Rabbeinu talking. So Moshe Rabbeinu starts talking in Pasuk Vav. 
That's when he starts talking. And what does he say, Moshe Rabbeinu? That God said, he starts telling a story. Who's telling the story? It looks to us as though Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the story. Not like God is telling Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the story. But Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the story. And what does the story say? Hashem Elkeinu, Tiber, Leidu Bechorev, Leimor, Rabbi Hashem, Baharaz, and so, after Matan Torah, the new Su'ulachem, Mavo, Harachai, Mori, Valkol, Shechina, Barava, Bahar, Shvela, Baneg, Bechop, Ayam, Eretz, Kedanik, Vahalavanon, Aranahar, Gadon, Harprat. Okay? Go. God said to B'nai Yisrael, after Matan Torah, get going. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. So if, whether this is exact, God said this exactly or not, is something you look into. But, Montrevedo is telling a story. This is what happened. We came to Har Sinai. We got the Torah. Then God said, okay, you can't stay. It's nice to get the Torah. Very nice to be at Har Sinai. You have to move on. And now, Pasuk Tet. V'omar lechem ba'et ha'i le'mor lo'ochal avadis ha'et etchem. Hashem alokechem, yirba'etchem, inchem ha'yukar kubay ha'shulayim v'erub. L'arov, Hashem lokech avotei, chem yosefer lechem kachem elef pa'amim, v'yivarech etchem kashe dibel lechem. Eichai sal avadit ho'chachem u'masarachem v'ripele. We don't know exactly if Moshe Rabbeinu is complaining, or Moshe Rabbeinu is happy. He was complaining that he has this terrible job that he has to deal with B'nai Yisrael. Or he's happy because of all the bracha, everybody's increasing, so there's more work, there's more people getting married, and the more children have with bar mitzvahs. And everybody wants Moshe Rabbeinu to come to their bar mitzvah. He can't come, he can't be every place at the same time. So he has an assistant rabbi, a junior rabbi, all kinds of rabbis, they're all, they're all over. So is this a complaint? It's hard to tell. So we remember there was a story with Yitro, and Yitro said, you can't do this, you can't sit all the time by yourself, you have to, you know, so much of it is telling them. It's sort of like in a, in a nice way, you don't feel that there's any kind of contest going on between Moshe Rabbeinu and Yitro. Moshe Rabbeinu tells it as though this was the most normal thing imaginable, this is what should be. The Tanuoti, the Tanuto, the Vashi, the Bartala, so they said, gee, great idea. Let's make assistant rabbis, and everybody will have a go at it. The Tanu, the Kachat Rashashi, the Heaven, the Shimcha, maybe you deliver a table to Rashima, the Heaven. So, yeah, the Fibus, the Rame, the Heaven, the Shimcha, the Shimcha, the Shimcha, so this, I see this as, like this whole story is rather bucolic. You know, like shepherds playing little flutes and the sheep jumping around, you know. This is like a very happy situation here. Bershav is telling them about how B'nai Yisrael became reformulated, or reformatted maybe in a modern kind of lingo, into, uh, into a national entity with a judicial uh, a wink. Everything's fine. I mean, nothing's bad here. Pasuk Tetzai v'savet shoftechem ve'itahi le'mor shmoa ben achichem l'shvat v'den tzedek ben ishu ben achiv v'ben geiro lo tachiru panim ha'mishpat k'katom g'adol tishman lo tagur v'den ish This is all Masechet Sanhedrin. Right? You can learn. You can make these psukim into a Masechet. That's how judges are supposed to act and what they're supposed to say what they're supposed to do. It's all but it's still pretty nice. What's about Chem Ba'itahi? Call it Goyim B'Shet Ta'asut. Vanisami Chorev. Chorev is Har Sinai. But they left. They got all this organized. They have all these judges and assistant rabbis, and everything is. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't have to do it all by himself. What's about Chem Ba'itahi? Call it Goyim B'Shet Ta'asut. Vanisami Chorev. And they left from Midbar Gadol and Rahu. Asher Item Der Charo Morik Asher Tzivah Shem Elokeinu. Otanu. But the boy, Kadesh Barnea, still bucolic. They went from A, and they got to B. So he said to Israel, here we are. 
the Har Emori, the mountains of the Emori, which is already Eretz Yisrael. It's already Eretz Yisrael. So here it is. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling this story, not of Yitziat Mitzrayim, but of Matan Torah on the verge of going to Eretz Yisrael. Right? We've gone through at least 10 psukim or 20 psukim. We've already gone through Right, there's Yitro and Mishpatim. I know the whole book of Vayikra, we get that in for free. And then, what all the parishes of Bamidbar, until the Bamidbar Noso, until until the Miraguans, right? They went through all of this. And then, Moshe Rabbeinu says, there's we've gone through 21 nice, pleasant, Sukim. The story of B'nai Yisrael until, from, Yitzhi, from Har Chorev, until, until the Muradim. Pasuk 22 begins the story of the Muradim. V'atikrubunei lai kulchem. V'atomru, nishlecha nashim lefanei v'chburu lanu ta'aretz, v'yeshuva otanu zavayat ha'tev shen na'alem ba, v'etarim ha'shen na'vo alayem. So there you have it. 22 psukim. In which there isn't even a remez. A remez means a hint. Of anything that was bad. Not even a hint of Moshe Rabbeinu complaining about or talking about B'nai Yisrael about the terrible things that they did or they might have done. Not a single, not a single word. Of course, this changes. Now that Moshe Rabbeinu started to talk about the Miraglin, so it's impossible that he's not going to be able to talk about the Miraglin and only say nice things about B'nai Yisrael. But it is true that for the first 23 Sutim, there's a kind of a long running into the story of the Miraglim, Moshe Rabbeinu has not a bad word to say about B'nai Yisrael. So that we, that's called Begadol. We know the Pesukim. Now let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning, there is a strange Pesuk. Pesuk Aleph. Pesuk Aleph is a strange Pesuk. Because it overloads us with information. Pasuk Aleph says, right, We talked about that problem, right? is a problem. We're not talking about that in the Shia, but it's good to know that there's a problem. The second half of Pasuk Aleph says, Now, if we were spending Jewish history trying to get to this place that I would understand why the Torah was interested in giving us all these they say in the army you know you, know, you, you put your finger on this place on that place and then you triangulate I don't know what that is but, <laughs> but you do that yes I've had a little gizmo and it comes up with a point like where are you? oh right there so if the Torah wanted to tell me the Mashiach, everybody knows we got the Torah at Harsina. Right? Everybody knows that. But everybody also knows that the Torah was not interested in telling us where Harsinai was. Horaya, after the Six Day War, I know you probably don't remember that, but I remember it. We realized, even though we had conquered Sinai, that we didn't know where Har Sinai was. And that the Munchim, you know, Munchim, Munchim are, are, the, are the self-appointed experts. There are always experts for every, for every question there is an expert. The experts said it's either all the way in the north of Sinai or it's all the way in the south of Sinai. 
This seemed to be like the clarity that we were waiting for for 3,000 years. So the Torah was not interested in us being able to find Simon. So you say, okay, so look at the, in the, in the Ramban and Truman, you look at the Rabbeinu B'chaya, and you look at, the, at, at other people, they explain to you. Sinai is not a place that you go back to, but Sinai is a thing that you took with you. Right? Har Sinai is with us. We don't go to Har Sinai. We go to the Kotel, because that was the way it worked. There was one Beit HaDikdash, one Makom. But, uh, but, but, uh, but Har Sinai... We don't, go, we don't make tours, you know, tours to Harsina, where there's no such thing. The Torah was not interested in that. So I look at this Pasuk. I see his Moshe Rabbeinu. What are they doing, Be'ivayadeh? Well, they're there. Why are they there? Well, that's the way you go from wherever they were to Eretz Yisrael. So now the Torah tells us, Either we knew where these places were, which we know to some extent, but certainly not 100%, it would still be hard for us to understand why the Torah was so concerned about us knowing what the place that Moshe Rabbeinu was standing in, such that the Torah offers us a whole list of nikudotsiyum, of places in that area, which would enable us to find it if we want to. Even though in the last 3,000 years, no one has figured out a reason to look for this place. Right? And there is no reason to look for it. Because, because it's, it's an accident. The place that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke these words to B'nai Yisrael was an accident. It wasn't some place that was predetermined. It wasn't part of a design. It wasn't Haramoriah. It wasn't the Mokom Hamikdash. It wasn't Yaakov Avinu and the Sulam and the Malachim only the Yordi. It wasn't that. It was just Benikra. It was an accident. And if we didn't know anything about the place, all of these things, we would be so free. So now let's look at Rashi. Let's look at Rashi. You see Rashi? Uh, the second page. Eglat Vorim. Here's a Rashi. Regular old Rashi. Right? You've all seen it before. Actually, the people don't always know the book of Dvarim because it comes out in the summer. <laughs> I, I have an edge because uh, when I was a kid, I liked to lay, but nobody would let me. But in the summer, there was always some shamans who went on vacation so they would call me into the lake. So I knew the pouches of Dvarim. You know. Education is an tra- interesting thing, you know. You don't always learn what they teach you. You know, you learn other things. So, here we are. So Rashi says, I, I, I can't, we can't get too involved in this, but you understand that the word Dvarim in Chazal appears many times as Dvarim Tashim. When you call the words that somebody says Dvarim, when they are kashim. Kashim means uh, you're going to complain about something. You're going to, you know, tell people that they did the wrong thing. So Rashi says, the Vishay Devray Tochachot. Tochachot? What's a Tochachot? Reprimand or rebuke. These are the words of reprimand or rebuke. Now, these is a pronoun. Which are the words of reprimand and rebuke? The first reprimand that we found was in Pasuk. 23. So what's going on? What's reprimand and rebuke? What is Rashi talking about? Does he mean the whole book is a book of reprimand and rebuke? So he says, no. And Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu listed all the places that B'nai Yisrael angered God. All those places. Lefika. So Rashi has a theme. He says, it's all in here. Where is it all in here? In Pasukal. It's all in Pasukal. The whole Pasukal is in Pasukal. It's all there. The Remes. What does a Remes mean? Remes means if, that, if Chazal didn't tell us, we'd never figure it out. 
but impossible. That doesn't make any sense. But there's a remez. How does Rashi know it's a remez? Because Chazal said it was a remez. That's how Rashi works. For Rashi, Chazal is a fact. It's not an opinion. It's, that's the way it is. He says, but, why did Moshe Rabbeinu speak the words of Tochacha? Now this Rashi is a very difficult Rashi to understand because we know that starting from Pasukov Gimel, what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He did Tochacha explicitly. Not Tochacha Beremez. So how could Rashi say that in Pasukalif the Tochacha is Beremez meaning that that it wasn't explicitly stated in the Torah Israel. If in Pasuk 23, Moshe Rabbeinu, so I'm talking about the Baraklim and all the terrible things that Bnei Israel did, right? The Chuvim, the Chaytaigel, etc. It's all, it's all out there. It's not for Remes. So what is Rashi talking about? But Rashi goes on to explain. Rashi goes on to explain. If you skip to Bamidbar, you see the Rashi on this sheet. It's the fifth line. So Rashi said, it's a kasha. You know, even you know, Rashi wasn't probably a Boy Scout, right? But the Boy Scouts would ask this kasha also. So Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts learn about, you know, how to navigate, to go for what. In the army, they also teach you that, but I always followed the guy who was behind. And I couldn't figure anything out. I think everybody did that. So by midbar, Rashi says, "Lo by midbar, are you elabar vod So here's Rashi. He says, "Yo, you can't triangulate these these words because they're wrong. <laughs> because because it says they were in the midbar, but they weren't in the midbar. They were someplace else. So now he says they weren't in the midbar." So what's clear according to Rashi? Well, however you explain the word, it can't be conventional. It can't be, because we just proved that the word Bamidbar can't mean in the desert. So it can't mean in the desert. It can mean, you know, pistachio nuts. But it can't mean in the desert. So Rashi says, Lo, are you Bamidbar? Elabar, Bamidbar. So how come the Pesach says the word Bamidbar? Ella bishvil ma sheikh isuhu ba midbar shamu mi tein mutein. So in other words, it's a remez. Not that they were now in the midbar, but they used to be in the midbar. When they were in the midbar, they angered the rebellion shalom. That's what it says. That's what Rashi says. Now go to the next one. The Arava. Bishvil ha'arava shechatu bebal pa'or b'shitim ba'avot mo'at. So now, once you get in the Shvund, and Bamidbar doesn't mean they were in Bamidbar. So clearly, Barbot Moab doesn't mean that they were in Arvot Moab, but Arvot Moab means, remember Arvot Moab. Remember what happened. That's a remnant. So we have another one. Mulsuf. Okay, let's skip. You'll fill it. No, you fill it in. You know, on the blanks. You fill in the blanks. He sees it, Ben Paran. Now this is very interesting because there's a machlokas in the Medrash. The words are Paran, which sounds like the name of a place, right? Paran. It even was once the, a word appeared in an Israeli popular song. Paran. Ben Tofel Vilavan. Tofel Vilavan is a little more difficult, right? A little more difficult. What does Rashi say? Quotes the Medrash. Omar Rabbi Yechonon or Rashbi. Can you imagine that? That means Rabbi Yochai closed his eyes and he did a search. <laughs> Just like that. He didn't mean I spent a week or a month doing it. He meant I just like, thought about it. And lo matzidim, I We never heard of it. There's no such place. This is worse than the Midbar. <laughs> the Midbar, there is such a place, but they weren't there. They weren't there. And, and, and Arvot Moab, they, there is such a place, but they weren't there. Lavan, the Tophel, Tophel the Lavan, there's just no such place. No such place. Why would the Torah tell us the name of a place that we had no way of connecting to it anyway? It didn't exist. 
does exist in the Torah. That's what Rabbi Yechudan said. Wow. I mean, this sort of takes us out of the category of geography. Right? Because by Midbar, there is a Midbar someplace. And Avot Moab, there is an Avot Moab someplace. According to Rashi, Tofel Velavan, no such thing. There's no such place. We're talking about something else. The tofel is the word that means, you know, you put spices on something. And lavan is the color of the man. So it reminds us, uh, that we were angry about the fact that we got this terrible bread that's called uh, lavan. That's called man. <coughs> Look at the last one. Dizahav. You see Dizahav? Now that we, now we have no problem. According to Rashi, the places that exist were not the places that they were in. And the places that we don't know about, they didn't exist. So now we're up to Dizahav. Dizahav. So Dizahav is perfect. They're not there. It doesn't exist. We've never heard of it. So Rashi, without explaining himself, says, without Rabbi Yechonon, without the Rashbi, you don't need any help. He says, Right? So what's D? Who knows D? <laughs> right? Something you sort of, you're not allowed to figure it out. But Zahab, there's no such place. Zahab is clearly a reference to the Chetag. So there's Rashi. Rashi says that the first possible in the book of Devorim is interesting for two reasons. The first we haven't discussed. That's the Moshe Rabbeinu talking in its own name. And the second is that the whole Pesach is a series of Rimazim. And Rimazim, in the terms of the conflict between Pshat and Non-Pshat, might seem to you at first to be Non-Pshat, like to say it's a Remez. But according to Rashi, it is Pshat. Because Rashi says, Rashi says in a way I think that we could all understand, if you can't say the simple meaning of the word, you can't. Because it just doesn't fit in. So you have to say some other meaning. And then the remez becomes the primary meaning. Now this idea that Rashi had, we're going to continue learning the, this idea, but you know that the other Rishonim didn't agree with Rashi. The Rabban thought that these words were in fact names of a place, and they did describe the place that Moshe Rabbeinu was in. And the reason, of course, that Ramban chose the difficult path of saying that these psukim, or these words in this pasuk, are real, they're real places, was because, again, he doesn't say it, but I would imagine that the Ramban had trouble understanding why we would say about Moshe Rabbeinu that he was so careful about insulting B'nai Yisrael when 20 psukim later, he starts really lacing into them and walloping them. So this problem, the Rashi said, that make Vodan shall Yisrael. He tried to explain to us that there was a method, that Moshe Rabbeinu knew what he was doing, that Moshe Rabbeinu did this on purpose. The other Rishonim, foremost the Rambad, say that, that they don't understand. Wouldn't it be simpler just to say that I don't know where these places are. I mean, but they are real. They exist. Okay, I don't know what. I don't know why the Torah wanted us to know all these names. But why should I think that these names of the place of places are not real names? And as far as Kavoda and Shal Yisrael is concerned, it's a little odd that Moshe Rabbeinu, 20 seconds later, starts telling the most terrible things about B'nai Yisrael. I told you last... Yeah. Sorry. How do you know that? Well, when, when you say Moshe, of course God dictated, but the question was, and many we showed him say, that the dictation was of the words that Moshe Rabbeinu said. It was he said it before the dictation. And the same thing is true here. I don't think it is true, but it might be true. Uh, 
Oh, you mean that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say that? The Baravava is there. Okay, it could be. I, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm not so interested in speculating. I'm just telling you what, what you showed him say. The Ramban, do you know that the Ramban said that Moshe Rabbeinu was not interested in Tophachot. He was not interested in rebuking B'nai Yisrael. Because what was the point? They were about to go into every... Why should he tell them that they're going to fail? So he said, the Ramban said, in his introduction to the book of Dvarim, that rebuke can also be optimistic. And the optimistic side of the rebuke was that Moshe Rabbeinu said, look, you did this away, you did that away, the third, but here God is still with you and we're going into Eretz Yisrael, which should at least indicate to you that God is concerned about you, is looking out for you, right, etc. But let's get back to Rashi. How are we going to deal, or how are we going to deal with Rashi? I mean, you have an idea, but I would like to, uh, I'd like to learn two sections of classic Hasidus, right? The first is called the Lukutim Aran. The Lukutim Aran is a book that was written, uh, well, in a way, by Rav Nachman of Braslav. Of all the books that are sold under the imprimatur of Rav Nachman of Braslav, this book is the only book that he wrote. And when I say that he wrote it, what I mean is he spoke it on Shabbos, on Yantif, on, on other occasions, and, and yet Talmidim, primarily Rav Nossin, who then wrote it up, he had a, Rav Nossin had a good memory, right? Rav Nossin tells a story in the Chayim Iran that if he had been with, uh, with Rav Nachman for a while as his Talmud, so he came to him and he said, uh, Rav Nachman, I'd like to, uh, he came to his Erev Pesach. And he said, I'd like to say a Torah. I'd like to have permission. You know, in the Hasidus, you don't just say. You have, to, you have to have permission. So he came to Rav Nachman and he said, could I have permission to say a Torah? I feel it in me that I can say a Torah. So Rav Nachman said, okay, it's a good idea, but I think first you should review all the Torah, Shas, Shulchan Aruch, that's Nigleh, and then the Zohar, and all the Svarim that are in Nistah. So Rav Nutzen tells the story. He says, so I did that. And I came back to the Rebbe, Erev Shavuos. <laughs> so from Erev Pesach to Erev Shavuos, he reviewed Kol Kula. And then Rav Nachman said, okay, you can do it. So Rav Nachman wrote his book by giving talks and having Rav Nassim, somebody preceded Rav Nassim also, writing them up, and then he looked at them, he looked at what was written up, edited it, and then he published it. He, Rav Nachman himself, published it. Meanwhile, Rav Nassim, his student, after getting permission, wrote a very interesting book called Likute Halochos where he takes the Shulchan Aruch and he turns it into uh, mysticism. He turns it into, like, he, he takes the Shulchan Aruch and he turns it into Rav Nachman of Rasla, which is very interesting, very interesting book. So what we're going to learn now are two sections. One, Rav Nachman, and, this, and that's in the Likuti Moran, and the second, Rav Nosim, which is in the Likuti Allah. So the first one, Here's the first one. You see at the bottom, on the second column at the bottom, it says Likute Maran Tinyana. Likute Maran was published in two volumes. The first one was called Kama, and the second was called Tinyana. And uh, then, after it was published the first time, it was forever published as one volume. But the two, Kama and Tinyana, were published as one, one volume. So, the way, so what this means is, in the book called Likute Maran, Tinyana means the second section, the second half of the book. Uh, chet, Torah number Chet. Both Aleph, the paragraphs are numbered, and so you can find what you're looking for in this way. So now, this is Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman of Rasta, right? You know those guys who dance in Kikarsion, you know. It's more or less the same. <laughs> This is Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says this. Pirish Rosh. V'vishayin devein tochachot, v'fikha satavadot v'ayim v'isgram v'rebiz v'ayim 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 v'
quotes Rashi. Right? He wants to say something about this Rashi that we learned. And this is what he says. Which means that we all know that Tochacha is a mitzvah. When you see somebody who's acting improperly, then it's proper to give Tochacha, to tell him that he shouldn't do it. Tell her that should act in the way they're acting, or do what they're doing. This is simple halacha. Everybody knows that every Jew has an obligation to deal with every other Jew. Right? There's no, uh, no, no other way. When he sees that somebody's acting improperly, or poorly, or losing his uh, temper, or acting, uh, you know, unsociably, all of these things demand it's even a pasuk in the Torah. It's not just halach. It's a pasuk in the Torah. I mean, how can you be... I mean, so what is he getting at? What is he getting at? He said, like, well, where did this idea come from? What kind of idea is that? I mean, it's true that Torah is not always but so what? That's what the Torah says. The Torah says, give Tochacha. So what, what, what is it that, what is this idea in Rashi? Where does it come from? This idea in Rashi. And he says, Even though the Torah says, It's not so easy. It's not like taking a lulav in an esra. A lulav in an esra, everybody can do not everybody can do it and he has a raya he has a raya because he lives in the world of riots right he doesn't mean like ideas but he lives in the world of proof and his proof is Kamosha Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva I mean that's not a a small person Tameya <laughs> and he says I wonder to myself Rabbi Akiva said I'm not sure that there's anyone alive in my generation who can do Tolchacha. And so Rav Nachman says, Yesh Bedorah said, Eim Rabbi Akiva Mazot Bedoro. I mean, okay, it's a little romanticizing, but Rabbi Akiva, certainly. I mean, we all know the Gemara that indicates that Rabbi Akiva knew more Torah than Moshe Rabbeinu. So, I mean, Rabbi Akiva should have been worthy. And he says about himself, I wasn't worth it. So now he wants to explain. He says, Now, when all the Hasidim are fighting with each other and all the yeshivas are fighting with each other and all the... everybody's fighting with each other, right? And there's everybody, uh, you know, for some reason, no one can get along with anybody else about anything. About anything. So it's... Uh, okay, I don't have to bring an example. <laughs> it's good we lush in hearts. I won't do it. So you see, he wants to explain what the issue is with Tofacha. Why is it such a difficult mitzvah to do? Why do you have to be a special person to do Tofacha? So he says, Ki, you see, I'm on line 12, the last two words. Ki kushemochiach, amochiach, enora When the person who is rebuking, is not a worthy person. Not only does he is he engaged in a purposeless act, because he's not going to accomplish anything. Mavish, it makes them stink. The smell of them turns bad. We might say it in a different way. 
We would say, like, you know, Tochacha is a dangerous thing. When you remind somebody of the way they acted or what they did, well, there are two possible reactions that a person can have. One is, oy vey, I really did that. I have to do tshuva, I have to change. There's another reaction. Hey, I almost forgot that. That was really good. <laughs> that was the best time I ever had in my life. You know, I mean, I, I mean, uh, like the Mochiach, he's got this problem. He's got this problem because the, the, the key to Tokacha is success, not failure. It's not like, it's not like a, there's a mitzvah. That's what Rabbi Nachman said. There's no mitzvah in the Torah. Like a wooden Indian, you stand there and say, Oh, you, I remember you from, you did that. <laughs> you know, that's not the way Tokacha works. Tokacha is supposed to affect and change an improvement. What if you do Tokacha, the guy says, Ah, you religious guys are all the same. You're always thinking about ridiculous things. You want to know what the kashrus is and you want to know what... Whether, whether you can eat it on Shemitah or you can't eat it on Shemitah. You know, like, that's what you think about. What are you telling me? You know, I'm a, I'm a wonderful person compared to all of it. So that is a case of Tokacha boomeranging. So, so is, it better, is it better to say Tokacha the boomerangs or keep your mouth shut? Because of course you should keep your mouth shut. So that, the Rab, that Rab Nachman has discovered a mitzvah which is not exactly a mitzvah. Because in every other mitzvah, if the prerequisites are there, the time and the place and the object, you do it. You do the mitzvah. I mean, what's the question? By Tokachah, there's a more complex assessment that has to be made. And that complex assessment depends on whether I'm going to be successful. And I know you can't always determine whether you're going to be successful. Maybe that's what we can even meant. That sometimes even great people, serious people, Thinking, thoughtful people don't always know if they can be successful in giving tochacha, and that's a problem. But he says specifically, I'm on line 16. In other words, it, instead of dampening his enthusiasm about doing the wrong thing, it can encourage it. Because I was like, yeah, great, that was great. Well, let's do it again. You know, it, it doesn't always work the way you want it to come out. I don't know whether this is true or not, but I guess, you know, like if you have a garbage lying in the street, and it sort of like just gets packed in there, and it's so, so not so terrible. You start kicking it around. This is what Rav Nachman said. It's Ma'orer Re'achra. So Re'achra is not constant. It's not something that's always there. It's always there, but potentia. You know, it could be. But you have to do something. You have to shake it up a little bit. You have to make a, a noise that is unacceptable. Right? That's what Rav Nachman is worried about. He says, We go to Al-Shalashim okay. And so, what is he doing? Now, the Rav Nachman is going to translate what's happening into his terms. And he's saying, you know, that what we're always thinking about is the Neshama. We're always thinking about the soul of man. And so, before he was like a soul, a little bit had dormant evil in him. Or dormant bad, you know, he's bad, you know, bad, but he wasn't, he was sort of under control. Like the super ego was in charge. And he was like acting reasonably. Then you come and you tell him a story about how he once did this, and he once did that, and he once did that. And suddenly he is, gets excited about all the things that he's missing out on. So you're destroying the neshama, right? You sort of neshama, the second column. So this is this is Rav Nachman's speak, which is which is uh, uh, the Kabbalistic way of looking at it, which is that there's a real relationship between the Shefa, the abundance that comes from heaven, and the clay kibul and the places to which that Shefa can be accepted and adopted. 
And, and even a kind of dormant neshama, or a neutral neshama, can accept some of the shefa that comes from heaven. All of a sudden, you turn this, this dormant or neutral neshama into a negative neshama, so that the shefa that comes from the world of God is actually being diminished in the world in which you live. So you're not just causing this guy to think about our various, but on a cosmic level, somehow, you've changed the balance. The world is not as good as it was. You know, it's like, like chaos theory. You know, just the, you change a little bit, and, and everything goes haywire. Right? And if not everything, something goes haywire. Right? But you know that, that there is an idea, you know, about the butterfly? Okay, you don't know about the butterfly. That'd be good. The butterfly affects the tidal wave. Yeah, you know, eventually. He makes the tidal wave, whatever, you know. So, so, so it's the same idea. Not the same idea, but yeah, one could connect. One could connect these two ideas and say that, you know, that after all, the world needs a certain amount of connectedness to the Rebbeinu Shalala. Besides the fact that we have to do the mitzvahs and we have to, you know, but the world, the, the kiyum ha'olam, and over the world to exist, there has to be a certain amount of connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch and a certain amount of shefa, of, of overflow from heaven that comes into the world. So if you go over to somebody and you change his capacity to be a receptor of that overflow, so you're really doing a bad thing. You're not just doing a bad thing to him. You're doing a bad thing to yourself. And here you are, you go with the Apostle, you start hacking the guy at shining, and you're murdering yourself spiritually. Right, a little bit. This is a little bit, but, but that's what I imagine if everybody would then go and do the same thing. You know, all these self-righteous types would all go inside knowing everybody else in their vicinity. So then the whole world got haywire because, because all the shefa would be compromised. That's Rav Nachman's position. Ikar, I'm line 28. Ikar yinikata neshama humihareya. And he says, everybody knows that Ikar Yunikat, Yunikat is, uh, is uh, to suckle, right? To, when, a, when a child suckles at his mother's milk, Ikar HaYunikat, Shel HaNeshama, to get the Shefa, is Mehareya. How does he get this? You know, Rav Nachman is like a world-class, uh, 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 like, like a dictionary person. He wrote his own dictionary. Every word means something else in his hands. So, so he says, Here's a, here is a, a neshama. So he says, the neshama gets the shefa from the rea. How do you know that? How do you know? It's a dictionary entry. How do you know the neshama gets from the rea? So he says, Ki, kemosha ruha v'tenis v'kolot v'rafa, minay shabachim ala rea. How do you know? Oh, the Gemara says, how do you know that you make a brocha and smell? Right? I didn't know you make a brocha and smell. What's the question? When I eat something, so I get something. Right? I get it. It that has vitamins, it has minerals, it has protein, okay, it goes into my body somehow, it does things. Reach? What does it do? I mean, why do you make a brocha? The, 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 the brocha is not of the existence of the reach. The brocha is a biggest anemone. It's a brocha that you make because you get something out of it. What do you get out of the reach? So the Gemara asked the questions. The Gemara brought it said, words, what brings the neshama to sing the praises of God? Hana, something good happens to the neshama. What good thing happens to the neshama? That only the neshama can be. Are, are pleased with so Reach is real it's a real addition it's not a real addition to my physical self but it is a real addition to my to my neshama uh, uh, to my soul and just as the food feeds my body the Reach feeds my soul this is Rav Nachman so this is what he's doing. What is he doing? He's saying to them, think about Averis, think about doing the wrong things, think about how 
you had a good time years ago when you did what you did. So he's mavish recha. He makes them stink. What happens when they stink? So of course the neshama doesn't have sustenance. It's not being fed because the substance of the neshama is the reach so naturally you do this to a lot of people and there are a lot of people that suddenly become stinky and their souls are no longer fine-tuned to accept the, the, the Shefa so then the whole world is kakad by the whole world it ceased to be what it should be when the person has the capacity to be a mochiach aderaba umosif v'notein reaktov an shamot ayidei kachato. Exactly the opposite happens when a person knows how to give rebuke. Then the per- then he who is accepting the rebuke becomes a finer person. His soul develops. He's more responsive to the shepherd of heaven, how so? How so? Ki atochechad shechal yod b'vchinat atochechad shel Moshe shochiach et Yisrael ma'aseh ha'egel sheyedei tochechto nadan ve'erech tov b'vchinat nerdi natan recho pasuk in Shirashim the Rashi says talk about the ma'aseh ha'egel and ne'emar ma'aseh ha'egel azav lo ne'emar lo natan k'moshe perish Rashi sham so you see, when Moshe Rabbeinu came and had to rebuke B'nai Yisrael about the Maisa Egel, his purpose was to make sure that they would understand that they had to continue Jewish history, that everything had to go on, that they had the capacity to go on. I mean, after all, I mean, what was their call? What was their kasha? We did it once, we'll do it again. But Moshe Rabbeinu, his tochacha was... You could do it. You could go on. He said, let's think about it. Let's think what we did. So Moshe Rabbeinu at that time had the capacity to give Tokhavah to Maisa Which brings us back to the same question in Rashi. And the question that he has not yet answered. Which is, how come here, Yisrael, so Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't want to give Tokhavah. He says, so he doesn't answer the question. What he did was teach us that there are people who can be mochichim and people who can't. And the difference is in the effect that you have on the person that you're talking to. But if he asked the question, where did Rashi get this idea? And where did the idea come from that you have to hide the tochacha? That's not clear to us. So let's look at Rav Nosek. Now this is, this is Archaim Aleph of Chotzitzit, El Afahei. I mean, what does that have to do with the Chotzitzit? I can't, I mean, there's no way to go. I mean, you have to, you have to learn this, uh, this halacha. It, it, it's an undertaking. Ikar ha-tochacha. This is Rav Nachman, who is a Talmud of... I'm sorry, this is Rav Nelson, who is a Talmud of Rav Nachman, and admittedly is restating what Rav Nachman said in a somewhat slightly different context. So he says, Ikar ha-tochacha tzichal yod b'chidat ha-shir shel chesed. So everybody knows what those words mean. (laughs) But this is not Scrabble. (laughs) What do they mean together? (laughs) What what could they possibly mean? You know. But Rabnadasan, he says it as though, oh, everybody knows this. There's a Shir Shal Chesed. When you learn Chasidus, it's very important not to be ashamed to say, that you don't understand what it says. It's very important. Because usually you won't be able to, whoever's teaching will not be able to tell you anything, but at least, <laughs> at least you'll know you're missing something. Shir Shachetzet. 
Shishok has said, it's an interesting idea. We don't know what it is exactly. The Hainu Lahatot Klapei Chesed. Chesed, we know, is one of the seven lowest spirit. Right? Chesed, Gvurat, Tiferet is a is the three of the seven, right? Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferet. So when I say, Lahatot Klapei Chesed, I mean that sheer <coughs> brings me to Chesed more than to Gvura. That's what I mean. I still don't understand it. I just, technically, right? We're going to try to understand it, though. The idol I told Slapi Chesed, Shubichinat, Azamro, Lelokei, Lelokai, Ba'odi. How's that? It's a posik. A posik, right? So that doesn't frighten us. It's a posik until. So what? So no one understands any of the psukim until. You know the difference between Tillam and Eov is? In Eov, you don't know what the words mean. And you don't understand, of course, what it says. But you at least feel that if somebody tell you what the words mean, maybe you'd understand what it says. In Tillam, you understand what the words mean. And you still don't know what it says. So Tillam is hopeless. And where are you going to go for help? You know, like you understand the words. So it says, Azamra. That's the word Zemer. Zemer is like a Shia. There's probably a difference between Zemer and Shia. Lelokai, Beodi. Beodi. With myself? Right? Just alone? Azamro, Lelokai, Beodi. The possible thing. Anema, Bedivre Rabbeinu. He says he's quoting another Torah. Not the Torah that we just learned. Another Torah which talks about Azamro. It talks about Azam. Here. It talks about Azamra. Where is it? Uh, one second. Rechpei phase? What? Rechpei phase. Yeah. He says that the word od means od. Azamra, I'm going to sing. I'm going to be happy. What am I happy about? That there's more to me than I could ever imagine. There's more to me than I can even imagine. In other words, this is going to be the secret of, according to Rabbi Nelson, the secret of Tochacha. What's the secret of Tochacha? According to Rabbi Nelson, the way he explains Rabbi Nachman, the secret of Tochacha is this. If you go to a person and you say, this is it. You didn't get along with your father, you didn't get along with your mother, you didn't get along with your stepmother, and, and, and your older brother beat you, and your younger sister did this on the other So that's it. You've had it. Now that we've analyzed it, that's it. That's you. You're finished. So from that kind of analysis, there's never a zamra. When you go to a you go to a doctor, and the doctor says you, look, you have a chronic disease. What are you going to do? Go sing? You're going to be happy. What are you going to be happy about? You know, okay, that's not so terrible. Not so terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. So if you go to a psychiatrist and he tells you, terrible. And then he says, look, it's hopeless. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen many cases of this type and nothing can do about it. <laughs> so that, that, is that going to be a zamra? That's like a tokofos. So if you go to a person and you say, oh, you're a miserable, good for nothing, you've been doing this all your life, and that's it, that's what you're going to do. So all we can do is if we catch you, we're going to put you in jail. So that's, it's a zamra. But if you say, if a person says, that that's not all there is to me, but I can be more than that. Azamro lelokai beodi. Not because of what I did. Not because of what everybody knows that I did in the past. But because of the beodi. There's more to me. If tochachah can uncover the more in the person. Right? Can cover the more in the person. 
then that's the tofacha that does the positive thing, that creates the positive moment for the for the person. That's a good point. There's potential. No, but there's a potential of good. You reveal, you reveal the potential. That's what the tochva has to do. It's not that, it's not that, you know, okay, so that you're good, so that you're bad, so now you're going to be good. Let's try to be good. But rather that, in spite of what you've been up to now, there's a potential for real improvement and real change. So that's like an optimistic position. That's a very optimistic position. He calls that a zamra. So that the, 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 uh, uh, the, uh, the tochah, to be a proper kind of tochah, has to produce a zamra. Because a person has to be hearing the tochah. He has to be so affected uh, and influenced positively that he starts singing. He starts dancing around. He says, I never realized what it was that I was able to do or what I might be or the way I might live and the way I act. And that people actually claim you know, people who are going through this, that they claim, that, that they go through a catharsis. You know, catharsis is, is such a, a, a dramatic change that you feel you have a new personality. But it's not a different, it's not another personality. It was in there. It was your personality, but you were unable, for whatever reason, to function with it, to use it, to allow it to be the dominant personality that you have. So that's what... That's what the Tosacha, that's what the Tosacha is. So, he doesn't answer the question either. But he says, what it is that Rav Nachman was talking about. Rav Nachman used the image of the Reach and the soul and the Shef. Rav Nachman in this other Torah, Reish Pei Beis, uses Azamra. Rav Nelson thinks that Azamra is the more important quality which distinguishes Tokacha, positive, acceptable, from unacceptable, unacceptable Tokacha. So it may be that Moshe Rabbeinu himself wanted to teach us the lesson. And the lesson was that you should not try to imitate Moshe Rabbeinu easily. You should not be amongst those who say, unlike Rabbi Akiva, if Moshe Rabbeinu did it for Klal Yisrael, so I can do it for my next door neighbor. <laughs> or I can do it for my, my kids' friends or something. No. Moshe Rabbeinu showed us that Tosacha was a difficult enterprise. And even though he knew very well in the first fossil that he, Moshe Rabbeinu, was going to give very serious Tochach, explicit Pesach by Pesach to B'nai Yisrael before they enter Eretz Yisrael. He also wanted to tell us that we should be very careful and that there's a secret side to Tochach. There's a hidden Tochach which derives from the fact that if you fail, if you don't do it quite as it should be done, you might cause a result that is infinitely worse than you could have ever imagined. And so Moshe Rabbeinu did both. He did the hidden and he did the overt. The overt because he was Moshe Rabbeinu and the hidden because he wanted us to understand the difficulty of Tochacha. And that's Mipnei Kvodan Shal Yisrael. It's true that if you're Moshe Rabbeinu and you know you're going to do it, like Moshe Rabbeinu knew at the Cheta Egel, which is what Rav Nachman said, so you're going to do it. But the legacy of Moshe Rabbeinu, what Moshe Rabbeinu taught us, is that the Nechvot and Shal Yisrael, you have to be very, very careful when you do, uh, when you, when you do Tochachan. You know, the Chacham is like, Erev Tishabov, Chacham said that Chum Bayashenim, came about because of small things. You know, at least, I think a lot of people today would consider them small things. And yet, the small things, sinas chinam, it produces sinas chinam. It's not just that it's a bad midah. It's not just that it's a, 
a bad thing to 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 to, to invoke or develop within yourself sinaschina. But sinaschina produces more sinaschina, more people. It gets more involvement. It destroys any notion of Am Yisrael that you can, whatever definition you'd like to have for Am Yisrael, I mean, it's something that confronts us today, but that's a real issue. We, we who live in Eretz Yisrael, I think more than people who live any place else, are confronted all the time by trying to understand for ourselves. In what way is this cloud Yisrael? In what way are we are we just are we together? Where are we? Are we? So it's a real, it's a real issue. But sinas chinam, sinas chinam is a is an antithesis to cloud Israel. Right now, I'm not saying that I know how these things should be apportioned out or what exactly should be done. But I think that we should all be seriously considering the issue. Certainly, Eretz Tishabov is a time to think about the meaning of Cloud Yisrael, the deeper meanings of Cloud Yisrael, what we should try to achieve in the education of our children, our grandchildren, and, and, our, and our fellows, right, wherever we go, where we work, where we go, we, we ride our buses, we have endless opportunities to create a kind of positive feeling of Cloud Yisrael. But uh, we don't always uh, take the trouble. And it's just a little bit of trouble. Okay, have a good show.